Welcome to the Pope on Film. I am Bunny Williams, and with me is... I am occasionally known as Reverend Steve, the founder of the Church of Edward. These days, I'm primarily known as May Lynn. I am a trans woman, married, uh, parent, stay-at-home mom, podcaster, lover of fine cheeses, raconteur, and uh, the founder of the Church of Ed Wood, which is a real thing worth a Google. This episode is dedicated to victims of the coronavirus. And uh, xenophobia. That's, that's how this week's movie started. Uh, a movie I like to call Canadian Screaming, the movie. Yes. That's what I like to call it's horrible. Uh, but we're not there yet. It's episode 433 of the podcast, and uh, tomorrow will be two weeks that I have been on estrogen and testosterone blockers. I am yes. officially transitioning into a woman, and I said, man, I can't wait to start the podcast talking about being on estrogen. That's going to be a great intro the podcast. Well, it, that is definitely how I'm going to start it. Well, unless some massive historical thing happens between then and now, but that definitely won't happen. There's only one thing to talk about, me being on estrogen. So we're currently doing the podcast every other week, which means that we missed a big time bit of news and historical event that we have to talk about in the beginning of the podcast because this is a big-time deal. It affects everybody. It affects everyone. We have to talk about it. Bunny! Yes? Are you ready to talk about this? Sure. Okay. In a landmark legal decision, an historic legal decision, Ohio State University now owns the trademark of the word the. Really? Yes. The. The is owned by Ohio State University. This actually happened. I am being 100% serious. This story affects us all. Okay. How did they get ownership of the word the? So, um, apparently Ohio State likes to go by the phrase, the Ohio State University, which, who cares, I don't, but apparently they do, and so they applied for the, and received the copyright, and now it has a trademark for the, for the word the, for the word the, specifically. They have a trademark for the word the as it applies to sports apparel. Okay. So they, they they officially own the copyright for the word "b" as it, it in terms of sports apparel. So I guess Arizona State University can't go by the Arizona State because Ohio State University has the has the trademark for the word "the." Well, wouldn't it wouldn't it be like a crazy ass trip if Ohio State got all Metallica about it? Yeah. Guardians of the Galaxy shirts say Guardians of a Galaxy. <laughs> Ohio State might 
sue him. I think that'd be neat. How weird. How do you get, how do you land that? That's incredible. Yeah, only because the world is insane now and nothing makes any sense anymore. That's how. Ohio State University being given the trademark for the word they, be. This is obviously the biggest news story right now. Without a doubt. This is, this, I haven't been watching the news, but I'm assuming this is what everybody's talking about. In fact, I've seen people all over the place uh, protesting Ohio State. And yes. They're, they're receiving this a trademark. At least I think that's what they're protesting. And, and, and people are putting up pictures to adopt Ohio State. Weird. Yeah. Very bizarre. Um, uh, you want to talk about abortion, Bunny? Sure. I feel like we should. I feel like we should. Maybe not a fun conversation, but... Uh, <sighs> come here. Come here. Come here, Amber. I need, uh, I need more demonstrations other than mine. What do you have to say about abortion, Amber? Mm-hmm. Uter us, not uter old white men. Yeah, like literally the baby could be nothing outside of the uterus. Mm-hmm. They have more say for a thing that can't even speak. Mm-hmm. have a brain food. Yes, you've lost body autonomy, and you no longer have control over what happens to your own body. But my fetus came. But at least you won't see a. At least little kids won't see a rainbow flag hanging in their room that they're boarded up in while someone tries to. Yeah. Yep. So, hooray! Yay, America! <laughs> Just in time for the Fourth of July. On my birthday, they did that on my birthday. They did do it on your birthday, people. That was rude. Right? Very freaking yeah. rude. I was like, I gained the right to drink, but not the right over my body. Yep. Isn't that something? Yeah, now I gotta worry about them turning back LGBTQ stuff. And then it's like, am I gonna be in trouble for being brown eventually? We'll find out. Yep. No, no, because there was another brown person. Now your mother and I, we might be in trouble for the interracial Yep. We definitely will. Technically, I am American, so that's it. One plus. But. Technically, they can work it out. Uh, yeah. That's why I added the technically. Yeah. Um, just to let you know, I have two uh, sausage McMuffins, or egg McMuffins over here, and then a whole bag of popcorn over here, and I'm eating throughout the entire podcast. I know that that's not um, professional, and I know that. When it comes to this podcast, people expect a certain level of professionalism. Yes. Yes, they do. <laughs> but ever since I started um, uh, the estrogen and testosterone blockers, 
I am never not hungry. <coughs> I just have twenty-four seven puberty. Like uh, suddenly my body is like a Lord of the Rings. We've been through puberty, yes. But what about second puberty? And so that sucks. And uh, the doctor who prescribed me the estrogen, she's like, oh, you know, um, it, one of the major side effects is uh, it, mood swings and random crying. And I'm like, so what's new? <laughs> At least now when it happens, I can say, I have a reason. Ill. I'm taking pills and not getting shot at the moment, and I'm pretty excited about that. Uh, so, okay, the way I see the current state of the Supreme Court is, this is, this is like, it's like I've been wondering why all of a sudden there's this big, like the Supreme Court is, like, suddenly every day is just some new way that they're fucking us. Um, yes. But the way I see it is, the pressure is on Terrence Clarence Thomas right now because his wife, Ginny Weasley Thomas, is a batshit, crazy, QAnon, insurrectionist, far right, proud boy supporting ass babe. And it's. But, but okay, okay, but let's stop right there. Let's stop right there first and establish that Ginny Thomas is a long time lunatic. Like this is nothing new for her. She was she was back in the seventies in a self help cult mm-hmm. for which charges were pressed. And now, so for her, it's just like you know, new day, same cult kind of a thing. When I when I heard that uh, Ginny Weasley Thomas was in a uh, like a Help cult. My first thought was, "Oh shit, was the she in that sex cult with the young blonde chick from Smallville? Was she in that sex cult? Maybe no, not the sex cult. She but she she way- might have dabbled in that in between. They, they, they should try and get it. I bet the Scientologists would get her." Probably. Yeah, right? They don't want her. Yeah, they don't want her. But her nutsoness has definitely affected Clarence Thomas and his work on the highest court in the land. And so for Clarence Thomas and the Republicans, it's basically like a fire sale. Like, yeah. uh, oh shit, they found me out. Quick, before they, before they stop us, before they uh, finally make me accountable for my actions, let's pass them out. Bad shit and insane, insane stuff while we still can. Yes. So abortion is legal. Teachers can pray in school. Right. Um, the environment is even more fucked than it was before. Open, um, open carry is a federal law. Open carry is a federal law. Um, they passed. Uh, what was the other one? Like, the federal government can now arrest you and try you for things that happen on tribal land? I have that, like, not heard that one yet. No, I don't doubt it, but I haven't heard it yet. What was the other one? Oh, yeah. Miranda rights. 
they don't really matter anymore. If the police arrest yeah. you and they say the Miranda rights, oh, that's fine. That's fine. It's not a big deal. That was the other one. There's like all of this fucked up shit happening right now. And along with what they are planning on covering. Mm-hmm. You know, this is just the damage that they have done right now and recently while we're still talking about Roe and not talking about much of any of the other shit. Mm-hmm. Look, we're fucked. We absolutely are. There, there is no way that we're not going to go through a great period of darkness under the fascist state. There's no way, because there's nobody who is doing anything to fucking stop it. Yeah. Nothing. Nothing at all. Through all of it, through all of it, the Democrats have been like, what can we do? Um, yeah. our vice president on Twitter today said that, uh, that, like, it's the people's responsibility to vote for leaders that will help fight what, what is happening in, in government. And the only way to stop this is by voting in Democrats. And it's like, that's what we did. We yeah. did that. Yeah. And yet, how is it that a, a majority of Americans are now ruling over it? We're under minority rule right now, and it's fucked up. Yes. We voted you all in, and you're still not doing anything. Uh-huh. No. No, no. But what they are doing is the day the road decision comes down, the fucking Democratic Party stands outside of the Supreme Court and sings, God bless America, because they passed a gun law prohibiting hamsters from getting handguns. Yeah. And then, then the thing that pisses in other words, a gun that, law that's not really worth much. Mm-hmm. But they're going to stand there and the sing, God bless America, while half of the fucking population becomes second-hand citizen. Yeah. The thing that upsets me is that I just know for a fact that, you know, tomorrow, um, in like the next episode of the podcast, two weeks from now, we could be recording that episode, and oh, hey, let's talk about all the other things that were passed. Gay people are now illegal. Trans people are being hunted down. Uh, interracial marriage is against the law now. And yet Biden would still be, oh, violence is not the answer. We need to read, reach across the aisle and to yeah. compromise with our republic. Yeah, so the Democrats get anti-abortion Cuellar into office. Joe Biden, this is awesome. This is fucking awesome. Joe Biden makes a deal with Mitch McConnell. Like, right with that sentence, I have a problem. Okay? So he is going to seat an anti-abortion basically Republican, I mean, the the D and the the R thing, like, really hardly matters anymore. Yeah. To a lifetime judicial seat 
so that later, you know, sometime later, when Joe Biden wants to appoint somebody else, Mitch McConnell won't tra- won't won't challenge it. We're just gonna trust Mitch on that. ridiculous that he's still trying to reach across the aisle and he's out here saying um like he has for his entire life up until recently joe biden has been anti-abortion in the yeah. you know, 80s and 90s he was voting against abortion and wanted abortion to be illegal and so now he's out here saying like oh women have a fundamental right women have a fundamental right that's my Joe Biden. Women have a fundamental right to abortion. We're not going to do anything to stop it. Bye. Yeah. And he leaves. And it's like, okay, well, that definitely says that without saying anything, you've told us your opinion. Yeah. You're not doing anything to stop this. Yeah. At all. Yeah. But it's, but it's us because we have to vote for more Democrats to not do anything. Oh, you gotta get out there and vote. We did, and you should be in charge now. But you're not. Yeah. You're not doing anything at all. Like, like I have been posting on a lot of the Democrat forums. You know, the Democrats have told me that there is nothing that they can do. So many times that I believe them. And I'm in, you you convinced me. Uh, you convinced me. There's nothing you could do. Why should I vote for you? Of, I'm in a lot of trans groups and a lot of trans female groups on Facebook and um, trans Twitter and stuff. Um, and what I'm hearing from people is that, like, we're next. That's what I'm hearing a lot of. There's a lot of panic in um, the trans world and a lot of trans people like, just to be safe, you should be stocking up on your medicine. You should be making sure that legal arrangements and yada, yada, yada. And if you're married, you need to make sure that like really horrible stuff. I, I, I think shit's going to explode so quickly that the idea of who next isn't really gonna quite apply yeah you know like you're next by what like a day Mm -hmm. you know and then they do something horrible to another marginalized group yeah you know i think the next they're definitely coming after you they're coming after all of us now yeah i think the next thing that the republicans are going to do is they're just going to make um hey uh gay people trans people and immigrants they're now classified as abortions. Yeah. And are illegal. So, so there you go. We're living under minority rule right now. The far right don't have a majority in our government, and yet they're 100% in charge of our entire government. That's not a democracy. Oh, no. Democracy is over. And, and again, that's, that's like, what's the point in even voting anymore? 
Mm-hmm. You know, so like there is there is literally nothing we can do about it. There's nothing to do but to go through it and let it get violent. Because it's going to get violent on its own. And it's like the Democrats are doing nothing but campaigning on it. Oh, yeah. Send them money. All All they're doing is raising money, and that's it. I'm so hungry, Bunny, all of the time. Yeah. I'm so hungry. This estrogen. I mean, I am growing. <coughs> new appendages. So I understand why my body is just like wanting to eat all of the time. I get it. It's just I'm so hungry. So what else is going on? Uh, what what, what other? No, no, no. What other bodily changes are happening? Oh, um, a lot of it's only been two weeks, so it's difficult to tell. I do, I, I do believe that I've been acting more emotional. Um, anything can make me cry, so that sucks. Um. And I feel like I'm getting a bit more tired during the day, like in the afternoon. Usually I felt the same throughout a day, but now, like, it, it, I just, in the afternoon, I just want to take a nap. And I occasionally get headaches, but beyond that. Yeah, that's a, Jeannie raises a good point. So is that the medication or are you just getting old? Yeah, that's another thing, too. Is that like, I'm in my 40s, so these are all... Because you, you're really 40s. not sharing any experiences here that, that I'm not experiencing. <laughs> yeah. So, <coughs> the thing is that I've only been on it for two weeks. The changes will start happening, like, months to it. And so, I'm, it, like, like I'm, I'm looking in the mirror and looking to see, oh, is there, is there any changes yet? Are there any changes yet? But it's... It, but it, it's a it's a it's a marathon. It, it's a long marathon and not a short race. So I, it, there are not much changes right now, other than I am hungry twenty four seven and need to keep eating. Besides that, everything's good. It, but it should be a couple more months until I get actual breasts that aren't plastic. They add Amazon. But yeah, I'm exhausted all the time. And, and are sore. there are there particular foods that you're gr- that you're gravitating to? No. Uh, well, I've been eating a lot more popcorn. A lot more popcorn. Yeah. I want burgers all of the time, and it's just a really difficult time to want to eat so many burgers because hamburger prices through the freaking roof right now. Yeah. Suddenly, I can't make a hamburger helper 24-7, which I bet my kids are excited to hear. But, uh, 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 but no, there, there aren't any like weird cravings. I have heard from a lot of other trans women that they do get 
like strange ass cravings for stuff, but no, I I just I just want to eat period. Yeah. All of the time. It doesn't even matter what. I just need to eat. Uh so that's exciting. I do feel though like I'm glowing just all of the time. Not, yeah. Not in like a good skin sort of way, but just in the I, I just feel like I'm 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 more positive, more <coughs> I I'm radiating love is the way that I like <laughs> and to it see shows. it. I, I, I'm, and it shows in your pictures. It does. Yeah, it's a real smile. I'm just very it's so nice to finally just look in the mirror and see myself. I feel like I haven't seen myself in a really long time. Yeah. But it's really nice. It's really nice. It gets to the point now where, like, oh, I got to run to the bank really quick and then run to the post office. And I just go. It gets to the point where if I'm male presenting, it feels weird. Yeah. So, like, I just put on just some random pants and a t-shirt, and I don't put on makeup, and I don't put in my boots, and I just go out, and it's like, oh, my God, I can use my normal voice. I don't have, I don't have my purse. This is odd. So, that's, I'm excited about that. Uh, so tired. So out of it. All of the time. Oh, I saw the freaking Elvis movie. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. First off, it's almost like three hours long. Oh god. Secondly, it's mostly about Elvis's manager, Colonel Tom Parker. Yeah. It's kind of like oh, who's Tom Hanks, right? Yeah. Oh, there's a movie about Venus and Serena Williams, and then it's really all about their dad. Yeah. It kind of felt like that. It says Elvis, and there's Elvis songs. This is the Colonel Tom Parker story. So, uh, okay, so in the movie La La Land, it's a musical film all about how one white guy... Ten-minute warning. Oh, I see that. One white guy is the greatest jazz player of all time. White people are the only people that play jazz, and he saves jazz. Yes. White guy saving jazz. Uh, so according according to Boz Lerman Elvis, um, Elvis Presley was one of the biggest civil rights leaders of all time, and he stopped racism. Oh, really? Elvis ended racism. He brought blacks and whites together, and he was a hero. And oh, he was so broken up when Martin Luther King died. And he just loved black people, and he he really fought racism throughout America. What a hero! He ended racism. That being said, when Elvis started singing Suspicious Minds, I did I tried to sing along in the theater because <laughs> that song's fucking awesome. <coughs> yeah. Love, love that. So, song. like, was that's what the movie was kind of covering? Oh, it a large portion of it was about Elvis and racism and civil rights. 
And it's like, okay, I feel like this is a bit of a stretch. The way that it felt to me was, uh, well, hey there, I'm Elvis. And because this movie's coming out in 2022, this is all about how I love black people. And it's like, okay, I, I don't think that Elvis was as Black Lives Matter as this movie would lead us to believe. Elvis always struck me as just too drugged out to really know what he was doing at any fucking point. And he just got put places. That's another thing, too. It talks a lot about how Elvis was, you know, a hero of civil rights. And barely talks about uh, substance abuse. Yeah. And that pissed me off. There were a lot of things in the movie. There were a lot of things I hoped be in the movie that they really didn't show. They didn't show his shitty movies. Right. They didn't show him dying on the toilet. They didn't show him uh, meeting Andy Kaufman and saying that Andy Kaufman was his favorite Elvis impersonator. They didn't mention his obsession with uh, 13-year-old girls. With the movie Money Python and the Holy Grail. They didn't show him meeting Dolores Fuller. Not once did it mention Vampyra. The whole movie was bullshit. Yes. Plus, uh, uh, I love Tom Hanks. I love him very much. He's an amazing man, David S. Pumpkin. But he was all over the place. Sometimes he was bouncing off the walls so much as like the evil bad guy, Colonel Tom Parker, that it's like. You might as well have just have gotten Jim Carrey to play. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Elvis, my boy. You're going to be... He's got this weird accent. And it's not until the end of the movie that you realize that they finally mentioned the fact that he's, like, actually not American. And he's speaking I... the truth about his past. But the whole movie, he's talking like he's fucking... Like, he's talking almost like he's Tor Johnson. I I have come up with right now while we're doing this the movie that Tom Hanks really really needs to do next okay. a drama a serious oh I don't know coming of coming of age but like we're talking old age okay Bachelor Party 2. That is such a great idea. So he's he's dealing with his... Because Tawny Katane's dead now. So he's like dealing with his dead wife and what they have gone through through the years and which of his friends are in prison. You know? And... Adrian Zemed, definitely white-collar criminal. <laughs> definitely white-collar criminal, right? You know, so he's, he's, like, he's like rubbing elbows with Jeffrey Cohen, you know? Adrian Zemed. Now, there's yeah. a name I've not heard in a long time. Yes. A long time. A long time. Well, there was the moment where, you know, Tom Hanks and Adrian Zemed 
Just like that. Just like that. Do you think Tom ever calls Adrian anymore? Probably not the fuck. Um, I don't know. I imagine that, um, um, I'd like to also think that Tom Hanks and Corey Feldman still talk because of the verb. Yeah. I bet they're yeah. buzz. Hang out all the time. Hey, Nobody. You wanna be in, uh, hey do you want to be in Forrest Gump with me? And he's like, no, I'm good. You can have this one. Um, <laughs> now, Cor- nobody talks to Corey Feldman anymore. He's just gotten too fucking weird. Yeah. Oh, so, so that's the intro. Almost, almost. We've got about three and a half minutes left before Zoom kicks us out and we re we redo. Yeah, we're going to be doing Shaft in a little bit. It's going to be a little bit different. A lot of it's going to be talking about me. A lot of it's going to be just, um, I'm going to be reading directly from Wikipedia. For a You're going to what? Reason. I'm going to be reading directly. I'm going to be reading Wikipedia. Okay. Yeah, I'm going to be reading from Wikipedia, the free online encyclopedia that anyone can edit. Is it going to be a dramatic reading? Kind of. Um, it'll make sense in the context of what else is happening in chap. Okay. And this week's movie. Um, this week's movie almost broke me. Yeah. It almost. It, it almost broke me. I was this close to just losing it. Okay. It I was. I was high as fuck. And I was really enjoying it. I was, I was really I enjoying this movie. High. Neither do I drink. We were kind of like doing a, um, uh, a show, you know, with people. Mystery Science yes. Theater? Yeah, we, we were ripping this movie up some yeah. good time. During the movie. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I, I hate this week's movie so bad. So I, I was having a lot of fun with it. Yeah, yeah. we were having fun with it. It's a horrible movie, but it is historically horrible. Yes. You you don't remember Insight? No, I don't remember Insight. By the Council of Churches? No, I don't remember that at all. That would either come on before or after Davy Goliath, depending. No, I don't remember it at all. Oh my god. I probably tuned out. Well, it was a lot like this movie. I, I don't think so because Groove Tube, the the whole, the whole drug dealer Cheech and Chong ripoff section of the movie Groove Tube was a was basically a ripoff of Insight at the end. Groove Tube. So I don't know if it was. Podcast? I don't think we have. I'm not sure. I think we might have. We absolutely should if we had. We might have done it with Kentucky Fried Movie. Yeah. I remember we did Kentucky Fried Movie. I love Amazon Women on the Moon. It's a really good parody of Cat Women on the Moon. Yeah. I'm going to get you some of that green cheese. <laughs> uh, so... 
So that's it for our intro. We're going to take a quick little break. Uh, Zoom's going to kick me off soon, and then we're going to head right into speech historic approximations. We're going to be talking about Muppets. It's going to be very cool. So we will see you in just a second. I'm impressed that it hasn't cut off yet less than a minute. Yeah. So, um, well, now you got to find the right phrase to be saying to be cut off on. Like that. I think I got it. I think I nailed it. So everybody, everybody who's still following the stream, because the stream's not shutting off, I think I just nailed the shit out of that. Because it's mostly just needed a matter of starting up Zoom again, which only takes a minute to like, eh, talk over it, I guess. I mean, it's like long enough for it to get a little bit boring, but like not long enough to like have something set up to play. We would be looking for things to play in the one to two minute range twice or three times. Well, that's a good spot to put a little commercial. <laughs> and he's in chat. What? I said that's, a, that's enough time to do a, a little commercial. For what? And then, yeah, and then, no, I, I, then I have I'm to. Okay, I don't know what I just did there. <laughs> um, I'm sorry. I see you. Can you hear me all right? I can hear you now. Is, is the microphone good or do I need to switch to another one? No, it sounds good. Sounds good. Okay. It's moving back and forth where it loses it. Okay. All right. So we are good. And we're back, everybody. 
You timed that perfectly, Bunny. That was just, that was so good. <laughs> that was so so perfect. Okay, so let's continue now with the Pokemon film. Bunny. Yes. If you're like me, you're no doubt a big fan of this podcast, the Pokemon film. I mean, everybody is. Sure, we all do. But um, let's be honest, only the real fans, the true hardcore fans, who have been with us since the beginning, since the year 2000, when this podcast started out as an AOL IM exclusive. That was uh, back in the day. We, first start, we started out as the first IM exclusive yes. uh, show. Those were the good old days. But the true fans out there would know two facts about us, two totally real, two totally really real facts about the both of us, America's hottest couple, Bunny and Steve. First and foremost, the first fact, which is about you, is that in your spare time, and this is true, you are a cryptozoologist. So tell us, Bunny, what is new in the cryptozoology world? In the cryptozoology world, it it there there has been a major major breakthrough as we have discovered and do now have in captivity a live basilope. Berkey breathed, or whatever the hell his name is. Was a hundred percent right. Basilope walk among us. No, basilope is half basset hound and half antelope. The basilope. Yes. And it's female. Maybe a couple of them. Yeah. Shredded cheese. I dig that. A basilope sandwich. No, no. Uh, we're, we're you are hungry. <laughs> I am. I'm so hungry all of the time. Uh, yeah. And the second fact that you would know about me is that I'm a lover of history. I love it, but I'm also a storyteller. So what I like to do, what we like to do here at this point in the show, is find a story from the history books maybe people don't know too well and reword it by my own unique panache. And that's what this is, another educationally uneducational installment of Steve's Historic Approximation! Dun, dun, dun. Or Shaft, as I like to call it, repeatedly, annoyingly, whether anyone wants me to or not. Now, personally, I like the name Shaft, and to be clear, that's capital S-H-A, and a lowercase p, S-H-A-P. I want to get specific about this for all you people playing along at home. Anywho, this week on the old Shappity Shap Chap, we will be talking about the dark and seedy side of Sesame Street and how sometimes the tall tales that kids tell each other are lies with a little bit of truth to them. And let's talk about that first. When you're a kid, you hear things from other kids. Yes. And they're not always right. Sometimes they're wildly far from being right. But when you're a kid, you hear things, rumors, uh, stories about famous people, places, and things. And most of the time, they're total bullshit. When I was a kid in the 80s, the scuttlebutt around the playground was that Ozzy Osbourne, 
bit the head off a live bat at every concert. Ah, oh, at every concert. Every city, every <laughs> concert, everywhere. He just barely just had like a bucket of bats and just every night. And everyone cheered. He did it every night because he was evil and satanic in his eighties. Yes. And the most evil thing that you could do in the eighties was sing Stairway to Heaven backwards. Yes. Still never figure that out, but that was the most evil thing in the world. I guess, yes. A Stairway to Heaven backwards would be an escalator to heaven. Of course this was all bullshit, but occasionally the kids got a, a little bit of it right. You know, okay. not all of it, but sometimes the kids in the playground, the scuttlebutt around the playground, did have a little bit of truth to it. Here's an example. This, it, this is an example from my own life, but I didn't say this. I never said this. I want to make that perfectly clear. I didn't say this. But in 1987, 1988, the boys at school, at the private Catholic school that I went to, what everyone said was, was that Jim Neighbors, yes, a.k.a. Gomer Pyle, he was gay and he died of AIDS. Okay. I didn't say that. That is what they said. The well, our rumor... Cause, cause we had that too, but it was Jim Neighbors was gay, and his boyfriend was Richard Chamberlain. Richard Chamberlain. Uh, hold on. Let me, let me, let me Wikipedia this because um, there was some famous person that he was rumored to be with. Jim Neighbors. Wanting to spell neighbor as an actual neighbor, and I, I keep effing it up. I keep wanting N E I G H B O R S. Um, a long-standing rumor maintains that neighbors married actor Rod Hudson and Rock Hudson in the early seventies. Oh, really? Yeah. Like that's weird. But yeah, apparently he was rumored to be with a bunch of different people. But, okay, so, but what, what I heard when I was a kid was that Jim Neighbors was gay and that he died of AIDS in, in 87 and 88. That's what they said. Now, Jim Neighbors didn't die in the 80s. He actually died in 2017. Yes. At the age of 87. Like, wow, I didn't, that's incredible. But I did not know this. Jim Neighbors was, in fact, gay, and he married his longtime partner in 2013. Like, good job for you, Homer. Yes. No? Damn, good love. Good job for you, Muscle Talk. Love is love is love. Fucking good. Well, I remember somewhere around 2000, Richard Chamberlain, he was Dr. Kildare. He was in oh, yeah. Shogun, Thornbirds. Yeah. My mom was obsessed with Shogun. Yeah. yeah he, th there was a long-standing rumor about him being gay uh, until somewhere around 2003, 2004, something like that. 
he had finally like officially came out. He had written a book. He had done a talk show circuit, and nobody cared. <laughs> yeah, right? I want to get back there. It would be a big deal again. Yeah. I want to get back there. That was fucking awesome. Dang. Oh, so sad. So, so, so what I'm saying is, in the context of the scuttlebutt around the playground, is uh, sometimes the beatitudes say to each other, "A school does have a hint of truth to it." No, Jim Neighbors didn't die, but he was gay, and I didn't know that. And so, okay, good for him. That brings us to Sesame Street. Okay. Okay. Well, I was also okay before going on to Sesame Street. I just want to lay it out that I was also the Pop Rocks and Coke generation. Yes. Okay. Oh, uh, and the spiders in the bubble yum generation, the spider eggs. I didn't know about the spider in the bubble yum, but I definitely heard that Mikey from the Life commercial died of Pop Rock. Yes, yes. I definitely heard that when I was a kid. Yeah. This, that, that was our internet. Yeah, yeah, very much so. Okay, so when I was a kid, one of my favorite Sesame Street characters, live action, one of the things that I've always told people at story times and stuff like that is like, hey, you kids know Elmo? When I was growing up, Elmo didn't exist, and Grover was the Elmo. Yes. Grover was all over the place. He was starring in the books. He was in all these skits. He was a waiter. He was a superhero. And then suddenly Elmo... And then suddenly Elmo comes along and you barely see Grover. Pisses me off. But um, one of my favorite Sesame Street characters was David. Okay. Which one was he? Cool black guy. He worked at Mr. Hooper's store. And uh, he ran it when Mr. Hooper died. He, he, He took over the store. He was just this cool, fairly young black guy in in the 70s like he was dating maria okay yeah okay broke them up and maria went to go date i think louise uh but i had forgotten that david even existed until a long lost piece of lost media appeared (laughs) and we talked about this in the last episode in 1978, there was an episode of Sesame Street that played that featured uh, the actress Margaret Hamilton reprising her role as the Wicked Witch of the West, and it, it was considered so scary for young kids that they banned it. They took it off of circulation, and it only played once in 1978. It never played again. It was thought to be lost until it randomly popped up like a few weeks ago on Reddit. And so uh, my wife and I watched it together, and it was it's very David-heavy, this episode. David's all over that. And I had forgotten about David from Sesame Street, and that brought out a crazy old memory from my childhood that sent me down an insane rabbit hole, and that's what this chap is about. Because, see, when I was a kid, when I was a kid, what people would say, what the kids said, the 
scuttlebutt around the playground was that David from Sesame Street went crazy. The police arrested him naked on top of someone's house, naked and yelling, I'm David from Sesame Street. That's what the rumor was that the okay. kids Okay. That's what the kids said. The rumor. That David from Sesame Street went crazy. He uh the police arrested him naked on top of a house, naked and screaming on David from Sesame Street. I had forgotten all about this until I saw the Lost Sesame Street episode with Margaret Hamilton. And so finally, after so many years, decades really, I finally just Oh, that's a really great uh, I can't believe that this legendary lost media was finally found. Really incredible. And also, uh, David from Sesame Street, he looked really good. I forgot about him. You know what? Whatever did happen to David from Sesame Street, because now that I think about it, the kids at school said something, but, you know, uh, let me look it up. So I uh, contacted, I checked Wikipedia online encyclopedia that anyone can edit. And I looked it up. And you would be surprised at how much what the kids at the playground said was 100% freaking true. Really? Yes! I can't believe this. I shan't believe it. In fact, um, it's such, it's so shocking that I didn't, I didn't bother writing it out a, you know, rewording this historical moment in my own unique storytelling style. I, I, I'm just going to read this. Uh, the actor's name is Northern Calloway. That's uh, David's real name. He was on Sesame Street from 
Mary Stagman with an iron, causing serious head and rib injuries. He then fled into the suburbs of Nashville, where he smashed a plate glass window and storm door at one house and did extensive damage to the interior of another, destroying a family's collection of fine crystal, smashing a television set, and breaking light bulbs with his bare hands. He also stole a backpack from a turf grader, smashed a windshield with a rock, and stole a bag of herbicide from elderly resident Douglas White. Calloway started spilling it on his body and was rolling on the ground and running around, at which point the elderly resident, Douglas White, uh, he attempted to hold Calloway at gunpoint like, you're going insane. I've got a gun. I'm going to hold you here until the police come to get you. So, uh, Douglas Wright, the old guy, fired a warning shot at Callaway, causing Callaway to dive to the ground and scream that he was shot. He wasn't, but that's what he was screaming. He then jumped up and washed his hands and face in the rice bird bath before fleeing the scene where witnesses reported him wearing only a Superman t-shirt. Okay. He was arrested after hiding out in a couple's garage screaming, Help, I'm David from Sesame Street, and they're trying to kill me. The actor was taken to a mental hospital for examination. The events were never publicized, and Callaway was allowed to continue appearing on Sesame Street as he sought help. Okay. So, throughout the 80s on Sesame Street, they had an actor who got naked and stole the first grader's backpack. Yes. Acting with the first grader. That's crazy. Was Jared, uh, Jared Fogel from Subway ever on Sesame Street? <laughs> Dang, that is crazy. <coughs> not only is it crazy that that happened to an actor from Sesame Street, but it's also crazy that the, the rumor that the kids used to stay on the playground was pretty fucking spot on, right? Yeah. I was, I was surprised to look up David from Sesame Street and to find out that, like, oh, so for my entire life, I was on the nose. So, in his authorized history street gang, the complete history of Sesame Street, author Michael Davis writes that Calloway's final years on the show were marked by periods of deteriorating health and ability, punctuated by episodes of erratic behavior. During these years, he cites that Calloway reportedly bit music coordinator Danny Epstein during an onset fight. He also appeared unannounced at Allison Barnett's high school. She played Gina on Sesame Street. I had a crush on her growing up. And proposed to her, which is shocking. She was in high school and was 23 years younger than him. He just okay. randomly appeared and just like in, in a high school cast member's house to try and marry her. Plus, Calloway's fellow cast members observed 
subtle clues to his sometimes erratic behavior and kept their distance. In addition to this, his criminal record caused him to be banned from Canada where Follow That Bird was filmed, and that's why he's not in the movie. Okay. David's not in Sesame Street, Follow That Bird, because he couldn't get past the border because he got freaking arrested. That's fascinating to me. So, yeah, the writers gradually ended his relationship with Maria, and he started being on the show less and less. Eventually, in the spring of 1989, Calloway was dismissed from Sesame Street. His final appearance was on the 20th season finale. Shortly after his termination from Sesame Street, he was permanently placed in a mental institution in Westchester, New York, where he received, he received treatment for bipolar disorder. And then in January of 1990, there was an altercation between uh, David from Sesame Street and a physician. Uh, he was, he, they got into a fight. He was taken to a memorial hospital where he was found dead. Uh, the coroner's report listed his official cause of death as exhaustive psychosis, now more commonly called excited delirium syndrome. A controversial condition also often retrospectively assigned to those who die under restraint in custody. Oh my God, if I ever die of excited delirium syndrome, I didn't do it. It was the fucking cop. Yeah. But yeah, David from Sesame Street did in fact go nuts, but they touched it up and kept him on Sesame Street. Isn't that crazy? That is insane. That is insane. He was on Sesame Street. I watched him when I was a kid, but apparently the guy just yeah, he 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 went nuts. That's so weird. He, you know, he had a he released an album called David Daydreaming on a Rainy Day. He, he released singles. He released songs. Yeah. He was, in a, he was in the 1973 movie Together for Days. Uh, he was in an episode of the soap opera The Secret Storm. I. I have some people on my Twitter account, uh, apropos of nothing, I have people on my Twitter account, I am shocked, shocked, that so many people out there still watch soap operas and get into it. Really? Yes, I am surprised by this. There are numerous people on my Twitter feed that just watch every. Freaking General Hospital, and it's like, hold Still. on, let me check. Yeah, it is 2022. This is fucking weird. It's not the 80s anymore. Luke and Laura aren't a thing, but apparently there's still people that just are really into that. Yeah, I am blown away by this. But yeah, David from Sesame Street, he went nuts. Also, you should see Margaret Hamilton as the Wicked Witch of the West on Sesame Street. It's pretty great. It's really great to, to see a character on Sesame Street threaten Big Bird. Yes. Pretty great. 
great to finally see a character roll into somebody's screen and say, hey, I'm going to turn you into a fucking feather duster, you piece of shit. That is 100% what she said. Yeah. That's probably why they only aired it once. And listen, you fat fuck, she says that to Big Bird. Yeah. It was shocking. <sighs> Betty Stone. Betty Stone. And then Big Bird is like a, has a bat in one hand and a hockey stick in the other hand. And he's like, next time that bitch comes along, I'm going to fuck her up. <laughs> and the weird thing is, I'm pretty much yeah, telling the truth. Where is that bitch? Like guarding Mr. Hooper's store. Oh, hey, old lady. Hey, why don't you just come into Hooper's store? You better go in quick because this old bitch is here somewhere. And I've got two weapons. I'm going to fuck her up. That's why they didn't air the episode. A lot of cussing. Surprising. Surprising amount of cussing. In the whole episode. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. That was a pointer sister, if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> Who sang that song with the pinball? Yeah. Oh. You and the pointer brother. They point at everybody. <laughs> <laughs> That's such a deep cut. Before I think you should leave came along. Uh, there was a show that I think it only lasted. Ah! Hello. I think it only lasted for one season on Netflix, like so many shows. But it was called The Comedians, and basically they gave, they got a bunch of random comedians and said, "Okay, you have one half hour on Netflix. Do whatever you want." And it was a bunch of comedians that I've never heard of, but I think Nicole Byers had a half hour on it. She was that, she's that uh, one black woman who hosts that, like, cake show. Nailed it, yeah. And then um, Tim Robinson was given a half hour. And so there's, a, it, it's, it, it feels like a, like a pilot for I Think You Should Leave. Yeah. Which it probably was. But it's a really great episode. And, like, there's a lot of people out there that quote, I think you should leave. But you can tell the real fans when they're quoting something from one episode of The Comedian, because then you know your stuff. You're even more of a fan if you're quoting one of the skits that he actually got on TV when he was on SNL for one season. <laughs> because his stuff was insane. <coughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. I'm very exclusionist. You are my niche. You are my niche. It does. It does. It sounds weird. It sounds weird. It sounds weird. Yeah. So David from Sesame Street, he went insane. That is, uh, that's it for Shap this week. I'm working on a couple of other ones. Uh, um, I learned a great... A, a, a great hidden side of the Stonewall riots. Recently, I should have done that during Pride, but uh, uh, 
Oh, and I've got two great reviews for this week's movie, Corona, also known as Fear is a Virus, also known as Yelling Canadians, the movie. Yes. Uh, uh, I got two reviews, and they're really great. And I can't wait to talk about this week's movie. Uh, our next episode, just to let you know, buddy, here's a little bit of a preview. Kevin Nash. I said that last episode. We're finally watching Kevin Nash's uh, coronavirus action film. So, Ten-minute warning. Okay, good. We can run out the clock. So that is it for Steve's Historic Approximations. Be sure to join us next time for more educationally uneducational fun with Steve's Historic Approximations. And cut on that. Well, it's time now for one of our exciting new segments, Running the Clock. Running the Clock. Running the clock. Ruining the clock? Smashing the Smashing. Smashing the... Yeah, okay. Uh, so we are running the clock. We are uh, running the clock. So... We are running. So what has happened this week? Preferably not dark and horrible. Have you been watching Miss Marvel? I have not. I never watched... Uh, for various reasons, I never even got around to watching freaking uh, Moon Knight. Still haven't watched Moon Knight, but I just got all of Moon Knight and I put it <coughs> on, uh, on the TV, and I will be watching it soon. Like I really want to watch Miss Marvel, but I can't watch that until I finish Moon Knight. Yeah, you can. No, I can't. I can't. I can't. Yeah, they're not related. Yeah, like, like I still haven't gotten to the Defenders because I never finished season two of Dare. I never watched uh, Iron Fist, so I haven't watched the Defenders yet because I gotta watch all of them before I get to the Defenders. Okay, no particular loss there. Yeah, that, yeah, I kind of. Yeah, no, no big loss. He was from Los Angeles, so. See, that's what has me scared is that they're going to bring back that same guy. Since they brought back the same guy as Black Bolt, I'm afraid they're going to bring back the same guy for Iron Fist. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I was expecting by now to have seen more of Simu Liu. Yeah. It's yeah. kind of suspicious that, like, you do a Marvel film, and then that Marvel character appears in, like, everything else. But we saw uh, Shang-Chi once, and then I guess he just disappeared. Yeah. Meanwhile, Wong is popping up and everything, but oh, no, he just disappeared. Who like, <coughs> knows what happened to fucking Shang-Chi? Yeah, he should have at least have popped up in a... In Doctor Strange, especially with the Wong connection. Yeah. Pretty ridiculous. That upsets me. So that, that, that seriously upsets me. I love Doctor Strange. And like, what do you, what do you gotta do? Like, so you, you, you both walk out the portal in the beginning of the movie. Yeah. 
you know, and go off and do whatever Wong thing you did. Oh, I'm sorry, I'm on Spider-Man. Yeah. But I actually do find Spider-Man and Multiverse of Madness kind of interchangeable as movies. Mm, yeah. Uh, it was nice to see, uh, bad guy Scarlet Witch. A lot of people online were like, oh, I don't like the Scarlet Witch as a bad guy. I don't like the Scarlet Witch as evil. And it's like, dude, that's, that's like 60% of her comic book life. Yeah. Is that the villain? Yeah. I am I am very much looking forward to Thor. Yep. That's next week. I'm excited about that. Genie I'm excited is Sean Gunn is in it. Genie is also looking very much towards to forward to Thor. I am psyched about that. And I too want to see his butt. Yeah. Yeah, it's going to be nice. And I, uh, I look at it like butt, this. Naked teeth. I look yeah. at it like this, okay? Fuzzy ballerinas may not be my particular taste, but I appreciate them as art. I am more of a sound, sad clown kind of person. Puddles. But but Chris Hemsworth has put in a lot of work on this ass. This is not a natural ass. This is a created, sculpted ass. This ass is his artistic expression. Uh, and I feel I need to pay it respect. Captain America? He's got America's ass. Uh, Hemsworth? This, this is Asgard's ass. Galaxy's ass. Yeah, Asgard's ass. He's the ass of Asgard. Yeah. Yeah. I'm excited about that. I'm excited that Sean Gunn is back as whatever his character's name is. I think Raglan? He, he, he's a, he was a, the second in command next to Yondu. What was his name from uh, Gilmore Girls? Yeah, Turk. He had all the jobs. There you go. Yes. I say I like jabs. I'm excited for... Uh, or yeah, and and also just good for you getting a fourth movie. Yeah, I mean this is your fourth standalone four. When I think back of all the uh, superheroes that got standalone films, never would have guessed it'd be Thor who got the fourth one. Especially after the first two, Especially not really good at two. all. Yeah, I liked the first one. The second one was just ugh. but but like. Here you are at your fourth film, and it's going to be a big, massive hit. Like, dang, dude, good for you. And like you said, you want to know how famous Taika Waititi has gotten? We can all pronounce it. Yes. That's how yes. famous you are. That no one has a problem pronouncing your name anymore. Damn. Damn. Yes, I... I... I, I, I am also a big fan of the actor who who plays 
Mordor? Baron Mordor? Oh, yes, 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 yes. Okay. And I loved him. I loved him since he was in Serenity. Serenity. And I am really trying. I am really trying because I like this guy. He's currently in uh, The Man Who Fell to Earth on Showtime. And I'm thinking of checking that out. It's on Pluto? The Man Who Fell to Earth? Really? Wow. I'm, I'm personally excited. But anyway, let me give this a try. Chitweedle Anjafor. Good job. Is Good it, job. I wasn't saying his name. Yeah? yeah? I don't know if that's right. <laughs> sure. Sure. I don't know if I'm ever going to be able to say it without having to scrunch up my face first. Yeah. And, like, really prepare. It does not roll off the tongue the way Taika Waititi no. does. Taika Waititi. Love that name. Unfortunately, we'll have to talk about this week's movie soon. Yay! Hmm. Okay, but see, but see, the thing is here, like, I understand that comic books have always been political. I understand that Star Wars has always been political. I understand that Star Trek has always been political. And not only that, these are the things that I have enjoyed or some of the things that I've enjoyed about these things. Yeah. That it's deeper than just whatever. Okay? But, you know, we are living in a fascist state. Can we fucking ease up a bit? Yeah. Can we ease up a bit? Does everything have to be so fucking heavy? Yeah. And not just necessarily political, but, like, couldn't Doctor Strange have been fun? And we're out. And it's break time. Let me just get this switched over to break. And break.
Are you a woman in the Utah area looking for ugly clothing? Then hop on down to the Black Dress Warehouse. We are Utah's leading supplier of black or dark gray dresses. Do you want to look like a housewife? Do you want to look like a woman who is suffering depression or is possibly mourning the loss of a, of a loved one? Or perhaps you're a woman being haunted by the grim specter of death. If you are, then come on down to Black Dress Warehouse. We sell black dresses and that's it. Off of Route 9 and Main Street, Black Dress Warehouse. It's a montage. We're cleaning up the streets. We're getting people with wife beaters, asking them questions in an alleyway. I'm wearing a peach colored suit, and everything's cool. It's a montage. A disco montage. Is that a jeepney? That's weird. It's a montage. Here's my business card. It's a montage. A disco montage. We are cleaning up the streets. We're whacking the attack. And sometimes we're attacking the whack. And sometimes it's a whack attack. Because we don't have a coherent catchphrase yet for what we are doing. Maybe we should get some better publicity. Maybe hire somebody to do this stuff. To figure out what we should call this. Maybe we can do that in our montage. Kung Fu montage. We're talking to drunk people. That might... I think that's MC Hammer now. MC Hammer's drunk. He is drunk in a hallway. We're walking past pawn shops. In our montage. A Kung Fu montage. Disco Godfather. And a guy with an afro. A really impressive afro in a montage. Walking down to something. Not really steps, but maybe that is a thing. And this guy's got a briefcase. And he's got his at a pipe. Oh, I don't know what he's doing. He's signing a piece of paper in a montage. Smokey the Bear montage. They are walking down the streets with some fine ladies in a montage beating up random people that they see on the street got real big glasses see somebody beating up people doing real bad kung fu getting some guy grabbing him by the sweater 
Slapping him across the face, his sweaty face in a montage. I've got a dog montage. A one, two, three, four. Huh, look at this. Certified frustration-free packaging. Hmm, not, not frustrating, that's good. Guess I just pull here and, uh, damn it. Damn it. Damn it. These are some of my favorite worst posts from the last few weeks on the Oklahoma City Craigslist page. This one is called Prince Media Pandering. And it says, Prince, you would have thought he was the president. 
the way the media carries on about this non-talented transvestite! Exclamation point. So, transvestite! Every channel went on and on and still are, I say, good riddance. Typical left-wing, pandering media, always pushing their cause. Hell, when Elton John dies, they will probably declare a national holiday for him. They should, because Elton John is a treasure, number one. Uh, number two, mm, you need to check yourself. And third, it's not media pandering. Apparently, it's a pandering media. It's a media that's run by pandas. It's a pandering media. I like that. You don't have to imagine that we're back. Because we are. Now, my wife's about to give birth. This elevator is not ready to go. Move. It's gonna be slow. Yes, Just deal with I it. I can We're tell. Moving. We can stop on every floor. Oh my God! There's no room. There's no room. Yes, no room. No room. You guys are acting like you're seeing an alien or something. Do you understand oh, that there's a virus going around in this building? I didn't know there's a coronavirus in the building. You just open the borders up and they bring their diseases in. This is how you all treat people. We're gonna die in here. somebody it's been a long day you've seen life you've seen death i think we're all being tested It is time. Yes, Bunny, my friend, my brother, and legally my accomplice, it is time once again for all of us here at the Popon Film Podcast to Madison and Watusi our way into the second half of the show. And it is said 
finally and eventually get around to discussing our hand-picked, hand-crafted, and hand-jobbed movie of the week. And this week, we continue our summer-long look at the new film genre that I have dubbed COVID Exploitation with a look at the 2020 ad-libbed Canadian elevator film. I just want to say that again. Yes. That's an important phrase. I may be the first person in the world to ever truly say this sentence. Um, uh, we continue our summer-long look at the new film genre that I've dubbed COVID exploitation with a look at the 2020 ad-lib Canadian elevator film called simply Corona. Corona. Also known as, also known as Fear is a Virus. Yes. Also known as Wait, is this all in an elevator? Also known as Canadians Yelling the Movie. Hooray! Yes. On a scale from nine and a half, how much did you love this incredibly moving drama? On a scale of what to what? On a scale of nine and a half to ten, how much did you love this incredible drama? Well, on that, I'm going to go nine and three quarters. <laughs> um, I love what you did with my guy over here. <laughs> That's what you do when you're not doing the right thing. <laughs> it's, I freaking love it's, it. I freaking love it. It's a patch. <laughs> I think it's so great. It took me a while to realize what you had done. Honey, come here. Look at what he did to the to the me on the screen there. <laughs> Under construction, isn't that great? Love that so much. It's like Mal. Oh my god. Mal has gone around the house covering up all pictures of themselves. Yeah. And it's like I un I fully understand because it's a it's like a body dysmorphia sort of thing. That like it must be difficult. It's not difficult for me to see pictures <laughs> of myself as a guy all over the place, but I imagine that for some trans people, it would be very difficult to see that. Yeah. You know, I totally understand where they're coming from. But they went through the entire house. Like, even so much as on the table here, I had a photograph that featured them. The next morning, they put, like, a, like a, like a box of tea over them on the picture. That's how serious Mal is taking it right now. I mean, okay, I, so I, mean uh, <clears throat> I would just want to say, hopefully, it's, like, just kind of a phase. You know, yeah. because at some point you would need to embrace your whole journey mm -hmm. as a person. So, you know, if, if you need to block shit out for now, cool, you know, yeah. but, but at some point you have to come back around and that's who you were, you know, that's a, yeah. that's. That's all a part of your story. Yeah. Like, uh, like I'm, there's a part of me that still feels like I'm Steve. And if someone calls me Steve, 
as long as they're not like dead naming me, like my father-in-law. I mean, if someone comes up to me that I know, like I don't know, Day or Christian or some person we know. Hey, Steve. Oh, wait, Maylin. Like, okay, that's fine. I'm not going to get upset about that because you know I'm still me. Like Eleanor right. came to me like a couple of weeks ago and said, "I miss, I miss Dad," and it's like I'm still Dad, except also I'm Mom, but I'm not. But yeah, I am. I mean, I'm still the person who I was before. It's just I have evolved. Yeah. If Pikachu evolves to Pichu, it's still Pikachu. It's just Pikachu has evolved into something else. I've evolved now, and I love it, and it's great. Yes. I freaking love it. Okay, so this week's movie is Corona, Fear is a Virus. It is part of our summer-long look at COVID exploitation films. We do themed summers every year, and this year we're doing cheaply made Corona exploitation films because I don't want to watch all the Fast and the Furious. <laughs> Fuck those movies. I'm not doing it. We could do Rocky, but there's just not enough. I, I don't think there's enough Rocky. If we're doing twice a week, we could probably do all the Rockies. Yeah. But uh, the two creeds are great. Are they? I haven't I seen them. either one of them. Yeah. Oh, you gotta it. You you've got at least Creed two because that one is a follow up to the best Rocky film, Rocky Four. Okay. And Ivan Drago has a son, and the son wants to be a boxer, and Ivan Drago sets up a match between like Drago Junior. And Creed. And it is Dolph Lundgren. And uh, what's her name? That chick who used to be everywhere for a few years in the 80s is in it. Yeah. Nielsen. Yes. She's in it. It's it's a really good film. I think it's because it's a follow-up to my favorite horrible Rocky. Like that entire movie, Rocky IV, that's just a big shark jump. (laughs) Yes, it is. That's just a big jumping shark. So we've done the summer of Saw, the summer of Star Wars, the summer of Fred Willard was freaking great. I expected Fred Willard to show up in this film. Yes. This seemed like one of those, not because it's an, it's an entirely ad-libbed film, because this film is ad-libbed, and that's uh, in Fred Willard's wheelhouse, but it, this seemed like, um, we are listening, I am listening, you are there, I am here, whatever. The, the alien radio movie. This scene. I, I believe you. I believe you. This seems like one of those low budget films that has nobody, 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 nobody. Fred Willard! And nobody. Yes. You know? I expected him to just pop up and start saying, like, Wahapa. <laughs> so. Uh, and then last year we did a bunch of movies from IMDb Model 100, and that's when we learned if we really want click, we need to talk about Reset Evadik. Yes! There's a big Reset Evadik fandom out there. So, uh, Reset Evadik. You're welcome, Turkey. Uh, 
Corona the movie. It's a 2020 Canadian film. So we can make La South Park and blame Canada for this. Yes. Hooray! It was written and directed by Mostafa Keshvari, which I think is great because Lord knows that there are a lot of Vulcan movie directors out there. You don't see a lot of Klingon movie directors. No. I think that it's a shame, and I think that more Klingons should be in Hollywood making movies. It's nice to finally see a Klingon voice. Yes, it is. Well, well, in Canada would. And 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 I totally believe that it was written and directed by a Klingon because nobody in this movie are real humans. They're all caricatures of a human as if they are humans seen through the eyes of a Klingon. I swear to God, the guy in the wheelchair, the angry Nazi guy, I swear to God, the angry Nazi guy was Santa Claus from season two of I Think You Should Leave. <laughs> uh, he was also he was also in uh, Everything Everywhere All at Once. I was How really was excited to see someone from I Think You Should Leave appear in Everything Everywhere All at Once. Uh, the guy who plays Santa Claus in two skits in season two of I Think You Should Leave, his name is his the actual actor's name is Biff Whip. <laughs> and he plays Santa in that, and he also appears in the laundry, in the laundromat, the old white guy who looks like Santa Claus in the beginning of the movie. Yeah. Who dances with short round, and then he appears at the end. Oh, I love that guy. I love that guy. I, I marked out when I saw someone from I Think You Should Leave in a big Hollywood movie. In the same when I was watching I Think You Should Leave, I went... Oh my God! That's the little girl from uh, uh, Tanner. No, is that what it's called? Lancer. The little girl from Lancer from uh, Once Upon a Time. Dot 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 in Hollywood. She she's in a oh. great skit. She's in a great skit from a skit from I think you should leave. I got really excited. Uh, here's the weird thing about okay so. So in Hollywood, there's a lot of Vulcan that they get the opportunity to make all these movies. Yeah. There are a few Klingons that make movies, but I'll tell you one thing. The producers, they're all Ferengi. Yeah. Without a oh, doubt. Oh, God. Oh, without a doubt. Yeah. They're all Ferengi. That is some uh, special Star Trek content for all of you Trekkie, Trekker, Trekkens out there. Man, yeah. I need to find Trekkies. Where I need to get Trekkies. That is such a great movie. I haven't seen that for so long. They used to be my go-to documentaries, Trekkies. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and I had an opportunity to be in Trekkies too, but I didn't take it. Oh. I just got like a message from someone. It's like, hey, <coughs> we're filming Trekkies too in downtown Sacramento at this comedy club. You should come down, and I'm like, nah, I'm not going to. But I should have. I could have been, like, in the, in the, yeah. the audience in the movie. Um, so this is widely considered uh, Corona, Here is the Virus. 
widely considered to be the first full-length feature film made about the coronavirus pandemic. All right, it's an hour and ten minutes, so uh, yeah. full-length. It's longer than Dumbo. Yeah. That is my my pole for is this a movie? Dumbo is 62 minutes long. If it's longer than Dumbo, it's a movie. The fact that we call Dumbo a movie is kind of ridiculous. Yes. When they showed Dumbo on TV when I was a kid, like, oh, they're going to show Dumbo on TV when I was a kid. This is so awesome. And then I go and watch it on TV, and they show a cartoon. And then they show a cartoon. And then they take a commercial break. And then they come back, and they show a cartoon. And then there's a commercial break. And then they show the entirety of Mickey and the Beanstalk. <laughs> which is, like, super fucking long. And then a commercial break. And then they start Dumbo. I remember that to this day. That it's like, how, how, even when I'm like 11, 10 years old, I'm like, wait, how long is Dumbo? Because this is ridiculous. So, Corona fears a virus is longer than Dumbo, so it's a movie. Uh, and what I was saying, uh, I said this earlier in the podcast, this movie is shit, but it is historic shit. Yes. Because, the director, writer-producer, director, Mostafa Keshvari, he actually got this uh, directing job by participating in the actual uh, Klingon rite of Krepla. Yes. So, um, he was reading about the coronavirus in December 2019 in Canada. And by January 2020, apparently there was a lot of racism in Canada towards Asian people because of the coronavirus. And back then, they were focusing really hard on, oh, the Wu-Tang virus. Yeah. The Wu-Tang virus? Yeah. It started with, uh, yeah, it's weird. The Wu-Tang virus started with old dirty bastard. He was so old and dirty. That's how he started giving it to people. Fucked up, the Wu-Tang virus. Wuhan. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> So he started working on the movie in January of 2022. Okay. And he started filming it in February of 2020. And then he he finished the movie like right before the lockdown started happening. So this film was literally ahead of its time. So this film basically came out when we were still dealing with lockdowns and stuff like that. Because this film was made before the lockdown. Yeah. And it's like, and, yes. and the plot is basically before the lockdown or at oh. the point of the lockdown. Yeah. It, it, I swear to God, the entire plot of this movie was an episode of Night Court. Of what? Night Court. Night Court. I swear to God. God, this entire film is an episode of Night Court. Oh, uh, I don't know, uh, Dan Fielding is late to court. And he goes on the elevator. Oh, it rocks. What? It's stuck? Who's in the elevator with him? I don't know, an angry veteran. Uh, a rich a-hole. 
uh, an angry black person and a woman. What? She's pregnant? I swear to God, this is a sitcom. Yes. Oh, God, yes. I don't know. I don't remember that much of Night Sports, but I swear to God, this was an episode of Night Well, again, this is why I say it was an episode of Insight. God, dude, you got to Google it. You got to you gotta, you gotta go YouTube it and watch a couple of episodes of Insight. I mean, Insight practically invented the cool youth pastor. Okay? So every episode of Insight, and it was about 60 minutes with commercials and shit, uh, a heavy dramatic story of some sort like a teen pregnancy or you know anything like this you know and then jesus and it's solved and that was a lot of this movie for those of you who are listening to this podcast on uh itunes Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, whatever, however you listen to this. Uh, this is more of a visual thing, but because Bunny was talking about cool youth pastors, I'm sitting on my gaming chair backwards now. Yes. Like all the cool... Hold on. Well, hey there, champ. Yeah. <coughs> I just wanted to come and rap to you a little bit. Uh, Bunny. You know you're getting older, and uh, your body's going through some changes there. Yeah, yeah. You're gonna find some uh, hair places where it hasn't been before. There's a there's a lot more blood in my pee. Yeah, a lot more. Uh, it's gonna be a lot more uh, pennies in your stool. <laughs> Just something that happens. Growing up. Yeah, young man. Let me tell you. I was young sports. Let's go have a catch. Uh, I don't know if I can get out of this. <laughs> I, I'm not sure. Let me, let me... <laughs> and this movie also reminded me a bit of that me that one meme. That in the first picture, it's Peter Parker and Doctor Strange talking. And Peter Parker says, Hey, Doctor Strange, can you make everybody forget about Mephisto? And then the second panel is just credits. Uh, That's this movie, because if we dealt with actual coronavirus fact, then we would have to just jump straight to the credits. So we have to deal with a a good chunk of coronavirus bullshit for there to be a movie at all. Yeah. That reminds me. I want to... Daddy, they took my boot. I've got two reviews here. This movie currently has a 4.3 out of 10 on IMDb. Uh, Corona, there are exactly two user reviews Okay. this film. 
So not the most popular. I ain't the sharpest tool in the shed. So I've got two reviews. I'm going to read them both to you, and you tell me which one you agree with, okay? Okay. Okay. The first one here is a 9 out of 10 stars, and the headline says, What a microcosm of a situation of humanity. Oh, my God. That's your view of humanity? Let me read this to you. This is, this, what a great way to start a review, okay? I'm writing this as I watch it. I haven't rated it yet. The plot is a diverse cast of people are stuck in an elevator during the beginning of the coronavirus. The elevator moves slowly down due to, due to being in need of repair as the cast loads in. The building owner and his pregnant wife with the repairman in the elevator, then a YouTube influencer, 16 years of age, in a wheelchair with a swastika on his forehead, and a guy that came from the gym, and at last a Chinese woman named Han Witt. I think that was a typo. Yeah. Uh, after a time, we find she's in, but before this, one can only imagine the race, nationality, moral unfindings, etc. Plus something extra <coughs> happens, and that's not all. All I can say is, read the IMDb info on this almost play, being that it takes place in one place the whole time. I feel like you just said place like eight times, but that's fine. The acting is good, the twists and turns of being human, and the coronavirus is excellent. In some ways, this movie reminds of the movie where different are people abducted standing in circles and through a sort of selection, the people are eliminated, causing the same sort of justifications, etc. Which is what I've been saying this whole time! <laughs> this will play very interesting in the futures, as the pandemic is just a memory. As for the film, it's now over, and it was an excellent piece on humanity and the mindset created by the virus. So that's our first review. Okay? Yes. Okay. Okay. Now let me read the second one. One out of ten, I want my 72 minutes back. I don't normally write movie reviews, but then I wouldn't really call this a movie. It's more like a bunch of bad actors crammed into an elevator given a one-sentence description of who they are portraying then turned loose with no direction to guide or shape the drama, all improvised badly. I couldn't find a single redeeming thing about this. It seems like the creator of this just wanted to put what seemed like ordinary people together and let them denigrate into some of the worst parts of humanity. Save your time and spend it elsewhere. This is not worth investing a minute of it. But we're investing at least 45. Yes. So, uh, so well, funny. Uh, if this is a, a gun-to-the-head situation where I must pick one review or the other, I gotta go with the first one. It's not nearly yeah, as bad as the second guy is making it out. It's horrible. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, but you also said that you were high while watching the movie. But it was... But... but Money was spent on these actors, and they were pretty good. 
okay, I'm not sure if we saw the same movie because this almost broke me. The 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 characters were that they were playing were horrible. Yes. But did you doubt that that guy was an asshole? No, I did not doubt that that guy was an asshole. You do have a point there. That's good acting because probably he's a pretty nice guy. Yeah. That's good acting. A lot of this acting was was pretty competent. Certainly certainly much more than other shit we've seen, even in the coronavirus category. If I had to sit down with Natasha and watch a bad movie with her, I would either put on Battlefield Earth or this. Like, I have watched worse before. I'm not going to watch what uh, swept away. I'm not going to watch the Chun-Li movie. And and this this was great because each character was so far over the top and so fucking ridiculous. Yeah. And everything they were doing was ridiculous. I also it, I do like the first movie review. So kudos to the author Schlag Schlag Zug player, Schlagzug player, for his review. Because I do agree that in some ways the movie reminds of the movie where different are the people abducted standing in circles and through a sort of selection the people are eliminated causing the same sort of justification, etc. That was the first thing on my mind. And maybe, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm mistaken and missed a little something. But as far as I understand... We established that the elevator alarm rings to the firehouse and they press the elevator alarm so that yeah. all of this over-dramatization, it's like a bunch of people having a breakdown at the line at the DMV. Yeah. The, the like, you're like going to be saved. You're going to be okay. Part that I liked is and you're Vietnam. ready to resort to fucking cannibalism. Exactly, Vietnam veteran Santa Claus dies, and then the asshole businessman is like, "Well, who's hungry?" And I'm like, "Dude, you've been stuck in the elevator twenty minutes. Don't yeah. resort to uh, uh, Timothy yet." So this is why I loved it because it was so fucking ridiculous. And trying to be serious. Yeah. You know, well, but like, like personally. you're a victim of a delay. Yeah. A delay. And what the fuck is this? The coronavirus hits? Elevators are going to stop working? This is the last elevator out of the building? And the elevator just won't, well, it has mechanical trouble, sure, but like, the guy who was working on it, you made him stop. In my mind, all of these movies were watching takes place in the Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, this, these people get coronavirus. The reason why they went to, they get the coronavirus is they went to Tucson, Arizona, where they met the old man who just came home from a cruise with his wife. Yes. He was patient zero. 
in all of these films are just in a massive Corona shared universe. Yes. Yeah. Still though, still though, the first one is my favorite. Twenty twenty five is still my favorite out of all this uh, out of this run, but this one is 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 a great runner up. In my mind, this one just seems to me to be just bad community theater. Like this looks like the play that I would go see. Because my friend's friend's friend wrote it. Hey, Mal, do you want to come over here and give a movie review for the podcast? How I, I'm 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 lost at how you cannot appreciate the ridiculousness of this. Okay, hold on, Bonnie. Uh, Mal, you just came back from seeing the Minions Minions Rise of Gru. What are your thoughts about that? Oh, the soundtrack! The soundtrack of the first one was great because it had like the doors and needles and stuff. It doesn't have that good of a soundtrack. Ten minute warning. Seventies, I think so. Yeah, eighties maybe. Okay. I mean, the music was good, but they didn't play it well. You know, like all the songs were like super fucking short. They were good ones, but yeah, I wish they had a musical. You know? Yeah. Did you stay for the whole credits? Not for all of them. What? But... What? Because in the first Minions movie, there was a whole musical number after the end credits. For all you know, you missed another musical number. They sing at the Beatles Revolution after the credits in the Minions movie. You stay for the whole credits? I was, I was going to be peer pressured out of it anyway. Oh, you, you really should have. You gotta stay for the whole credit. Oh, I am so hurt by this. So hurt by this. I am so hurt. I am shocked and chagrined. Mortified and stupefied. Personally, I like this movie, Corona Fear is a Virus, because you see this movie filmed in one take with an improvised cast and, it, and a non existent budget except for one elevator and you look at this film and you go how hard can it be to make a movie you know yeah like i see this movie and it's very empowering because i see this movie go shit bunny you can do this yeah absolutely i could do this we could all do this Well, yes, and I, and I did appreciate it on that level that that you are making efficient use out of the little money that you have, yeah. and I have it pegged at about a hundred and fifty, maybe two hundred grand tops, yeah. if we really paid the actors, yeah. I'm considering I, I like ten grand for each actor. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I I feel like this entire movie was a commercial because, like, uh, iMovie is such a simple moving making software that any dumbass can make a film. Here, look at this, and then you see the the film 
this that begs the question, did he pay for this stock footage, or did he just down it somewhere? Yeah, well, I do have the stock footage opening and closing uh, figured in, and if it's straight stock footage, then, like, that's another 10000 for the beginning and the end. Stock footage runs up pretty quick. So it's like four hundred a clip. Yeah, but you know the good thing about this nearly five-minute opening title sequence is, by the time it's done, there's only an hour and seven minutes that you've got to suffer through. There are now episodes of Stranger Things longer than this movie. Yes. Yes. So that's something. The entire movie is ad-libbed, and uh, Christopher Guest. This director is not. No. 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 Like, just because Best in Show and Reno 911 look easy to make doesn't mean it's easy to make. You still need professionals to know how to ad-lib. And I just felt like this entire movie is just like, oh, this is ad-lib? I couldn't tell what with three people yelling at each other at the same time. Okay, so but still, what any of them are saying. I, I, I think, I think you're missing the beauty. I, I think, I think you're still not seeing the beauty here. So, an Asian woman gets on the elevator, and apparently, she has some medical training. Sees the pregnant woman and tries to help. To which the asshole husband shoves her back. She hits the side wall of the elevator, hits her head, and. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this fucking movie. This or fucking maybe movie. she's not quite dead yet. They're not sure. Nobody wants to check, but she is bleeding out from her fucking head. I was shocked that in the year of our Lord 2020. That you can still make a movie with G-O-O-K-S in it? Yeah. You can't say that. Like, I know this movie is trying to, like, combat racism, but by doing so, this felt really fucking racist. Yes. Like, the, the Chinese woman is saying something that sounds vaguely like the N-word, and the black guy is like, what? What? And then, and then the Vietnam veteran said the G word. Yeah, but that was consistent because that was consistent because everything was over the fucking top. Everything was overly dramatic when it boils down to a delay. You got stuck yeah. in the elevator and you're going to be delayed a little bit. Yeah, this felt very much like a but then, theater one act play. then the wife, the wife That's wants them theater. to check the girl's lifeline. Yeah, because in her palm, because she's dead, she won't have a lifeline. Yeah, and her fortune teller told her that cell phones will hurt her baby. Yeah. Oh come on, this this movie. Come on, you're not giving this movie enough credit. You're saying that I missed the beauty. I think you missed. The ugly. I, I, I. Then the woman laying on the floor, 
in a puddle of her own blood is okay again. There were no lights for a third of this fucking movie. She's okay again, and then her hair completely clean, no blood clumps or anything like that, and she's strong enough to deliver a baby. The lights were off. Yes. For yes. A third of the film. But apparently there are lights the in the elevator shaft for you to get that nice that nice fan look coming through the ceiling. <laughs> you know they say that cat elevator shaft is a bad mother. Shut your mouth. But I was talking about the elevator shaft. <laughs> I legitimately hated this movie. Bad ad living by bad actors. And I, I legitimately had fun with this other. movie. What? It's so fucking bad. They're horrible ad libbers. They're horrible people. One, okay, there are there are two things I like about this movie. Number one, everyone's blamed. It, first off, it's so ridiculous. She keeps saying Wuhan throughout the entire movie. Yeah. And everyone's like, oh, she's from Wuhan. She has the virus. Oh, my God, we're all going to die. And then near the end, you realize that her name is Han Wu. But in China, the last name comes first. So she's saying Wuhan. And everyone thinks, like, what the fuck is this? A Paris Company episode? Yeah. What the fuck? Yeah. That is some weird-ass uh, Abbott and Costello vaudevillian routine. What is it? Corona's on first? Corona's I... I particularly liked I particularly liked how when we got into the the almost famous ish bearing of the souls less than one minute when the fuck did this happen that we each still got so much to say <laughs> holy shit no we're we're, we're coming back is it just a minute? Less than a minute. Less. <laughs> so into talking about this damn movie that we completely lost track of time. I need more time to discuss the intricate plot of some rando stuck in a freaking elevator. We are getting that time. Oh, and it cut right there again. That was some good fucking timing. We are getting that time and cut. Invite sent. And I will type it over here. Invite sent.
And send it over to Facebook as well. And he is, she has entered the room. There you are. This is the first time that I have not realized the time limit until it was too late. Well, because it came up and I said it, but you didn't hear it because that's when Mal came in. I didn't hear it at all. No, I yeah. didn't hear it at all. Yeah. yeah. All right. So anyway, they're having their they're having their famous, almost famous esque opening heart moment as each character is telling their story. Oh, and, the end? and somehow this Asian woman who was dead and then not dead and they stamped her rat to death and does not understand a word of English somehow realized what was going on in the room and realized it was her time to tell her story. Yeah. The thing that gets me the is story that, that nobody else in the elevator would understand. Yeah. The thing that gets me is that uh, some of the things that I like about this movie. Number one, uh, everyone assumes that the woman from China has the coronavirus, but as it turns out, it's probably spoiler alert probably the dumb white guy but he does say in the when you first see him that he's a parking attendant because he was talking about the the black guy who was fixing the elevator yeah that uh he ticketed the car <coughs> and that they yeah. towed the car okay but then he says at the end in the big reveal that he's the one who probably has uh corona he said, I was just in China on business. So I've got a question. Why is a fucking parking attendant going to Wuhan, China on a business trip? Yes. Oh, what? Was there urgent parking matters in China that they only they could only get you for? <laughs> oh, my God. There's a... There's a asteroid that is coming to Earth. We need the best thrillers in the world. Now you're getting oh, into no. the spirit of the movie. Now oh, you're no, getting into the spirit. There's just too much illegal parking in China. We need the best parking attendant in the world. It's February 2020. Get me America's greatest parking attendant. He needs to work on the on the illegal parking in front of this lab. Like that, I I don't get that. But I do like the scene that you're talking about, where everybody's sitting there. By the end of the movie, everybody is confessing to their own stupid shit. Like, oh, I've got a twist. Oh, I've got a twist. Oh, hold my beer. Here's my twist. And everybody has like a twist. And like, oh, you're not the father of the child. Oh, I have cancer. I have six months to live. Oh, I'm an alcoholic. Oh, I sabotaged the elevator. And then after that, it started getting weird. One character said, oh, I actually came up with 
Jar Jar Binks. Yes. And it's like, whoa, what? And then uh, one person's big uh, reveal was, I also have a twist to the last ten minutes of this film. I'm colorblind. That one yes. didn't seem like a big deal. Uh, and then, oh, the big one was the one character who said, uh, okay, time for me to tell the truth. I started Billy Joel's fire. Yes. Big, big reveal there. Huge. Another thing that I liked is the fact that, like, the character- And the whole time, the fire departments are on the way. They're getting out of this. Yeah. It just yeah. needs to be a little patient. Go yeah. ahead. You've been locked in there for, like, 45 minutes. Yeah. Already somebody is dead. Somebody was dead and somebody was dead ish. I have been trapped inside of a hard for longer than they were stuck in that elevator. Yeah. I was like, in, I, literally, I was in sixth grade and we, my mom went to Target. Oh, should we go to Target? It's storming pretty bad. Oh, we can be there and back before the storm hits. And we're in Target for like 20 minutes and then the power goes out. And we go outside, and it's a massive, like a like a typhoon, like or it, it, a massive storm. The entire parking lot was flooded, and the windows yeah. were just rattling. And and just I was in there longer than these people were in a the world's biggest elevator. Yeah, I have been to massively expensive uh, Las Vegas casinos. That had smaller elevators than this elevator. Yes. The other thing that I like is that the the, the uh, veteran, the guy in the wheelchair with the swastika on his forehead. So he's a uh, Nazi. Yes. But he's also Canadian because this is a Canadian movie. So I started thinking about the idea of <coughs> Canadian Nazis. Yes. Sometimes I, you know, it, it, it becomes commonplace for we Americans who live in just this horrible nation to just look to our neighbors from the north and say, wow, they're so great. They're so amazing. They have universal health care and they treat each other nice. But then I'll see some documentary like that, that guy who died trying to make a grizzly suit, a grizzly proof suit. Yeah. You know, and I'll see a movie like that, and I'll go, "Oh yeah, there are dumbass Canadians." Yes, there are. And so I like the idea of Canadian Nazis. You know, a lot of times, like in America, you think like, "Oh, the far right is a real big problem here," and it is kind of nice to know that, like, "Oh, they're also in Canada." Okay. But also, I'd like to think that the Canadian Nazis still have that Canadian sort of attitude of like, hey, how's it going, eh? Yeah. Uh, you know who's ruining the uh, nation? Uh, it's them Jews, eh? <laughs> we should uh, maybe get rid of them? I don't know. You want a beer? <laughs> no, they're still nice. I like yeah. to think that a Canadian Nazi is much nicer than an American Nazi. <coughs> an American Nazi is marching with tiki torches and getting, getting, you know, 
planning to like bomb places where the Canadian Nazi is just like, hey, how you doing? Uh, so you're a Jew, huh? Oh, uh, you want to go to the park? Maybe, uh, maybe, uh, have a little picnic and, uh, maybe afterwards, if you'd like, I can kill you. Yeah. You know, like, like Canadian Nazis, I imagine are pretty nice. So I dig that. Oh, uh, all in all. All in all. Yeah. All in all. Anyway, I hate this movie. Uh, don't listen to Bunny. The movie sucks. The acting is bad. The ad living is bad. You can't see anything for the majority of the movie. The whole thing feels like that community theater. This me, movie me, feels extremely Malin is so wrong. She is so wrong. You've oh, you've got to you experience this movie. Bastard. Oh, what? I get it. Now that I'm a woman. <laughs> oh, I love that. I love this it. movie so, is sexist. something to this movie is something to see. It is ridiculous. It is no, I, funny. I, huh? I will say this though. This movie is so bad. I would watch this again to show someone how bad it is. You know? We might have to do a live commentary of this movie and show everybody how bad it is. This movie is, is so bad that I do see myself like, like I'm, I'm telling Natasha about the movie and Natasha's over there and I'm telling Natasha about it while I'm watching it and eventually it just gets so bad that you just see Natasha slowly move over next to me to, to see like, oh my god, this is as bad as you said. And next thing you know, we're both watching it and, and it, that's how bad it is that like, okay, the movie feels extremely racist, like it's trying to make a statement about racism, but in doing so, yes. I think it's being more racist than it should. Bernard, get down. Get down, dog. Well, again, it's the Klingon view. Yeah, that is a good point. That is you good know, point. so, you know, so like, Klingon director. they don't quite exactly understand the subject matter, yeah. but they're trying. Like, like, the movie is just like, hey, this film has an important message. You know, not all Chinese people have the coronavirus. And then we're all just sitting here going, yeah, we know that. Yeah. Did you not know that? It kind of seems like... Well, but again, this that's... movie is trying to... That's what I was saying. That's what I was saying with the Peter Parker meme. If you dealt with any kind of coronavirus facts, it's the opening titles and it jumps straight to the credits because there's no movie there. Yeah. Yeah. So we have to deal with all of the corona misinformation. And yes, they were all horrible people and they were all racist. Hey. While slipping into name? their, their little Jesus moments here and there. What's your name? What's your name? It's it's funny. Yeah. Do you know Jesus? You know Jesus <laughs> Christ. <laughs> you, you know who he died for? You know who he died for? He died for us. He died for you. You know we're all equal here. We're all equal here, funny. What do you think about that? <laughs> 
would watch this again. That's how bad it is. So I guess I'm willing to give it up in that regard. This is a horrible movie, but it is one of those horrible movies that, like, it is. If you know that this movie was filmed before the lockdown, like, you can tell that this movie was made before the coronavirus was a big deal. Yes. You know? So, and you can kind of tell, like, now where we are at here with dealing with, like, over a million deaths and long COVID and all of this stuff, watching this movie now is kind of quaint. Yes. Uh, but still, 2025 is number one. Yeah. Because that's bad very much in the tradition of the room. Okay. Um, I've got to I've gotta bring something up. Um, there will be a uh, programming change. Uh, so when we first started uh, 2022, the summer of COVID exploitation, I said the whole concept of it was a bunch of directors have rushed out really cheap shit, exploitation films, to capitalize on the coronavirus. Right. Uh, like this week's film, like the week before that, like uh, our next film, COVID-19 Invasion, spring. Kevin Nash, NWO for life. <laughs> and, uh, so, and I said a couple of times this week that you know that these COVID exploitation films are bad because the most famous actor in any of these films is Kevin Nash. Yes. I forgot about a movie. It came out at the end of December 2020, it was a uh, it it was supposed to come out in theaters, but the pandemic, so it, it only came out as like a digital download. Uh, it was made with a budget of about two million dollars, and it made four hundred thousand dollars. It. It's mainly known for being produced by Michael Bay. Okay. It's called Songbird. I just learned about it about a half hour before we started this podcast. So I need to track it down. Let me tell you the people who are in this movie. It stars Archie from Riverdale, first off. Okay. And Which then- we have not seen since that. Uh, what Christian movie was that? His yes, wife was dying. Yes. Exactly, yes. He was in that movie. I still believe. No, I still believe it was the Fred Willard movie. No, that's I'll Believe You. Oh, I'll Believe I You, still okay. Believe it's the one where he's the singer. Whoa, Eleanor, dropping the podcast. You are dropping the podcast. Okay. This is not my computer. My computer is. Okay, there you go. So, okay. So it stars Archie from Riverdale, and it also features. Craig Robinson, Bradley Whitford, Peter Stormari, uh, uh, Paul Walter Hauser, 
who is uh, the fat guy from Itania. Peter Skolmari, uh, is that is that the guy from like I don't know the New Heart Show or Bosom Buddies or some shit like that? Wait, which name? Peter Skolari. No, Stormari. Stormari. The guy in Fargo. There were the two criminals. It was uh, Steve Buscemi and the other guy. He was the other guy. Oh, he was the other guy. Okay, he's been in a lot of he's, shit. I know he's, who he's yeah, talking about. He's the nihilist. He's the nihilist. Yeah, he's, he's the, the nihilist. He was the guy on the mirror in Armageddon. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. That guy. He's in it. And I have... it's a me more. Really? Yes. It's set in 2024, and COVID-19 has mutated into COVID-23, and it's like the fourth year of total lockdown. Okay. The lockdown started and it never stopped, and now it's like a post-apocalyptic future where no one is allowed outside. And like, there are Q zones. I, I've seen outside. I don't recommend it. Yeah. Uh, the whole thing is just seems to be the absolute fucking worst, and so. I'm going to have to track it down. We're not doing it next week. Next week we're doing Kevin Nash's uh, ridiculous action film, COVID-19 Invasion. I looked up the plot for it, and um, what the fuck? Hold on. Let me, let me, let me pull up the plot. For, Keeping uh, track of these titles is a challenge, though. I know, because they're all I the must same admit. damn names. They're yeah. all the same damn Huh? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay, so here's the plot of next week's film. Rex and his men aim to kill the homeless people living in a local deserted school, hoping it'll slow a deadly strand of COVID. Now outnumbered 100 to 1, half must save his little sister. What the fuck does that mean? So our heroes are going out to slaughter homeless people. Oh, this sounds tough. I'm so confused. Are the good guys <laughs> going to kill the homeless people? Or is our hero one of the homeless people? I'm so confused. And there's a review of I this? am confused, and I am deeply frightened. There's a review. Okay, let me. You're deeply frightened, so let me let me give you a review, which might change your mind. Okay, so here is a review from IMDb from February of 2022 by W Y Pol Polma. Y Polma, and this is uh, the rating on IMDb is one star out of ten. Let me correct the others who don't get it. Let me read this review to you, okay? Like, okay. I'm ready to hate next week's movie until I read this review, okay? This film is a leftist's attempt to smear conservatives. Okay. Not just anti-vaxxers, which, if you think about it, have a point. After all, if the left had just shut up and hadn't brought up mandates forcing people to put something into their own body, 
and ignoring their constitutional right to decide which health care procedures they will or will not undergo, then all of this wouldn't have happened. I personally had vaccines. I'm just fine. But I will decide what goes into my body and will not answer to anyone else on that issue, period. They are clear. They also clearly are trying to smear conservatives and anti-vaxxers as being somehow racist, though anyone with an IQ over 30 can clearly see that this isn't the case. Don't waste your time on this bill. More importantly, do not give these people your money. Give them the attention they deserve. None. Oh, what a bird. Man, yeah. We leftists sure have been put in our place, haven't we? <laughs> and it's like, oh, I was ready to hate this movie until I read that review, and it's like, shit. And that's for to... this movie? Yeah, yeah. No, next yeah. week's movie. Next week's that, movie, COVID-19 Invasion. Sorry, that Kevin does Max. ease my mind a bit. Yeah. N-W-O for life. <laughs> Kevin Nash. I was Wolfpack Red. Yeah. I was the, I was the Red Wolfpack. I wasn't the Black and White. Yeah. I was the Red. So that's all I've got for this week's movie. If you like bad movies... There's a certain type of person, and this is who we cater to. There's a certain type of person, a Pope on Film fan, a, 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 a Poppy was the name yes. that we came up with, is that you say to someone, hey, I found this movie. It's from 2020. The entire thing is ad-libbed, and it's all set on an elevator. It's a Canadian film about the coronavirus that was made right before the coronavirus. It's entirely ad-libbed, and it's the only setting is an elevator. Most people, most normal-thinking people will say, yeah, that sounds horrible, I'm not going to watch it. But if you hear that and go, that sounds horrible, when will we watch it? Okay, then, yeah, this film is absolutely for you. You, yeah, the, uh, uh, and that is why I'm giving it a recommend. They chased her little pet rat. Around an elevator and stomped it to death. Yeah, somebody stomped a rat to death in this movie. Yeah, and then it turns out this movie is worth your watch. It's horrible. It's so bad, but it is kind of so bad that it's like I did that face a lot, just to sort of. Like a like a mouth gape sort of. So yeah, it is pretty bad. But if you like bad movies, then this movie is for you. Yes. So uh, next week we will be uh, in our next episode, episode four hundred thirty-four. We will be covering the uh, Kevin Nash film COVID nineteen Invasion, which is apparently about homeless people, and I'm gonna work on getting. Uh, Archie's fucking Corona film. Yes. Finally, the Archie, Craig Robinson, Peter Stormari, Demi Moore movie we always wanted. COVID. Dun, 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 dun. All mucus, mucus. Dun, 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 dun. You are my snotty girl. <laughs> I love that. So that's. Next episode, COVID-19 Invasion, starring Kevin Nash, N-W-O for life. Yes. Say that every time I say his name, you're on out.
can't just say his name. You gotta add the whole life. <laughs> so uh, I might end up talking about WCW a lot in our next episode, which is fine because I would rather talk about that than killing homeless people. I don't get that, but I guess we'll watch the movie and find out. We'll we'll find out. It could be a, a, a kind of a running man situation, or you know. I hope they never redo Running Man, because the thing about the movie Running Man is you go to the film expecting an Arnold Schwarzenegger action film. Well, what do you get? You get Richard Dawson in his starring role. Yes. He is the, God, he is the rock of that film. He is you the get... The cornerstone, the star, you cannot replace. You cannot replace. No. 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 Perfect. Perfect. And you get the extra bonus double whammy of Mick Fleetwood and Dweezil Zappa. Dweezil Zappa. Uh huh. And Yafet Kodo. Trying to look tough and not pulling it off, Dweezil. You're just not pulling it off. <laughs> yes, uh, Yafet Koto. He was needing Yafet to pick up a check here. Yeah, Yafet Koto and Maria. Yes. So, uh, so that's next episode. So, looking back at this episode, uh, uh, what are they called? Uh, Klingons. Uh, David from Sesame Street. Uh. Ohio State University. Yes. I gotta say, this has been a pretty good episode of the podcast. This has been a damn good episode. Yes, thank you. I, I agree with your statement. I, I was gonna say that myself, but I feel like you're the person who does the reviews and not me, and I didn't want to step on your toes or anything, but yes, I concur with your assessment and good sir. So until next week, I am Bunny Williams. And I am Reverend Steve Slash Maitland. And on behalf of Natasha, Amber, Mal, Eleanor, Max, and everybody else, I just want to say thanks for listening and we will see you next week you godless heathen and you do ruffles and poopy and you and Oscar and